Welcome to BDO Talks ERISA, a monthly podcast from BDO's ERISA Center of Excellence. Each month, we will be talking best practices around all things ERISA, how to avoid common compliance issues, how to navigate the tricky ins and outs of ERISA's fiduciary provisions, and discussing our own experiences working for BDO's ERISA Services Group and the insights we share through the ERISA Center of Excellence. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Welcome to another podcast for BDO Talks ERISA. I'm Beth Garner. I'm the National Practice Leader for our Employee Benefit Plan Auto Group and a partner here at BDO. We are excited to have you join us today. As we've said before, this podcast is an extension of our BDO ERISA Center of Excellence. You know, we developed the podcast to expand on topics and issues that we bring to you through our social media postings on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and our quarterly ERISA Roundup. The goal of our Center of Excellence is to truly help any plan sponsor and anyone charged with governance of their retirement plan with up-to-date information on what's going on in the industry. You know, we know that these professionals wear many hats within their organization, and our Center of Excellence can be a place to quickly get up-to-date information to help them with their responsibilities. So on this episode, we're going to discuss the Department of Labor cybersecurity guidance that was just issued earlier this year. So in essence, this guidance came in three forms. Tips for hiring a service provider, cybersecurity program best practices, and online security tips. You know, what what they're trying to do here is, in essence, really protect an estimated $9.3 trillion, with a T, in retirement assets. So, you know, I don't do this podcast alone. So, joining me on the podcast today is my co-host, Joanne Zupka. Hi there. Hello, and David Levine from Groom Law Group. You know, this this year, there are two major topics that clients are wanting to discuss with us, and those are plan litigation and cybersecurity. You know, obviously, these are topics where the plan or company could be liable for any type of what, I'm putting this in air quotes, issues. You know, David previously joined us to discuss ERISA litigation, and he absolutely won us over. So we decided, let's let's invite him back so we can talk cybersecurity and privacy. So, David, thank you so much for coming back. It it is good to be here. Do I get to give another tidbit, or are you gonna or are you gonna ask about, or, or are we diving right in? No, let's 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 put you on the spot. What's another uh, personal item besides your improv? Sure, another personal item for about me is if I wasn't a lawyer. Well, I've got a lot of other dreams, but I always love construction and design. So during the pandemic with my daughter, we have gathered all my childhood Legos and tons of other Legos. And we have been building, for anybody who knows construction, macro laminated beams out of Legos, but no glue. And we have been building these eight foot and and tall and taller Lego towers that are supported by like self-sustaining beams, no glue or anything else. We actually have it on our radar to build a 15-foot tower in a very in a stairwell, which which my family is very indulgent. Oh my God, that's highly impressive. Totally beats any hobby I have. Yeah. So, have you posted this anywhere <laughs> that we can see uh, this? No. You see, you see, that's the irony. We're talking about privacy and security today. I know. And, I know. and here's the thing: uh, my 
I respect business products and different people have different views. I have a colleague, my colleague, Kevin, he and I have like almost like a, a stage show. Ready. He's like, I love it when people use my data because I want better targeted things. I'm like, I have no problem with other people, but I don't want anybody marketing to me. So yeah. you know what? It's, it's compromise in the middle. So I, I will respectfully decline to post anything on social media or of any kind on that matter. That is great. So now we are going to dive in. So great. Department of Labor, like we said, I mean, I've just said, you know, released some guidance in April of 2021. You know, we've been hearing about enforcement audits already happening. So if anybody caught wind of this, explain to our listeners, you know, what in the world does this mean, enforcement audits, when they just released guidance? Well, let's talk about DOL enforcement for a moment. Um, so where do I where do I begin? Uh uh, so let's see. I'm trying to think of the best way to start. Okay. The Department of Labor, if you're in the IRS world, many of you know IRS well, you think of audit. An IRS says, tell me a bunch of stuff about you. It can happen for your plan. The Department of Labor does what's called investigations. They're basically audits. These investigations, they have very broad authority under the uh, under the provisions of ERISA to, do, to request documents, subpoena documents, act against you for documents. They have a lot of authority, and we can debate the limits. But basically, the DOL has different processes, whether it's national initiatives or other or reporting, where people get selected for an investigation. And maybe you'll have me back one day, and we can talk all about investigations. It's a whole other chat. But the, the, key, the key of this is these investigations, a lot of them involve plan sponsors. Since we're focused on sponsors, I'll focus on that today. I can talk service providers, but not today. So what happens is, is they do these investigations. They are often looking at things like missing participants and term vested, and term vested uh, participants. We can talk if we have time. The key takeaway on that, though, is one of the topics they put high on the list, and they started doing this even before the DOL, and I'll put in quotes, guidance. It's not formally issued guidance. It wasn't done by so-called notice and comment. But the IRS, excuse me, the DOL treats it as guidance. And we could debate that all day long. I have some views that it's not really binding, but they're using it in enforcement. Last fall for an investigation, I got one in like September, October, where they actually sent us a list of questions that were basically not necessarily based, but pretty much tailored to this guidance. As And these investigations basically look at the Department of Labor's sort of three-pronged materials that they put out in, in April 2021, which talks about how you pick a service provider. I'll put this in quotes because I hate the word best practices, but best practices for, for service providers and also things that participants should be thinking about. And basically, the Department of Labor is asking questions derived from these tips at this point in investigations. Right in the earliest version of this was very much more like a gathering exercise. And I, and I know that both of you know very well, like 10 years ago plus, when the Department of Labor was rolling out its fee disclosures, at first they just did information gathering. And that's what it kind of felt with felt like mainly up till now. But in the last couple of months, the questions have gotten more pointed and more detailed. And they are now saying, tell us how things are done. What are your processes? What are your controls? And it's important to think carefully and, and how you respond, also because this could impact your insurance, and I deal with that sometimes. But basically, they're asking questions. I have not seen major pushback on any plan sponsor at this point with their responses at this point. So I think, still think it's more of an early stage information gathering. Um, but the questions are coming, and 
the idea is not to jump off a cliff, but also not to just try and duck and weave. There's an art to doing this. And I don't always agree with folks at the DOO. We've had very strong disagreements sometimes, but they are smart people and they're trying to do their jobs. And it's about trying to find a balance that addresses their needs, but also is practical and reasonable. And I think that's what's going on. So if you're a plan sponsor, uh, we can talk a little bit if you want, maybe about how plan sponsors prepare, but I'll leave it to you to guide me today. So I will be your tour guide, David. Um, when we're talking about getting ready for kind of these investigations and these enforcement audits, we hear so many times from from our clients, oh, I'm good. My service provider's got a SOC 1 report. I'm, I'm so, I'm covered. Um, but we all know that a SOC 1 report doesn't cover privacy um, and that really they should be asking about a SOC 2 report um, that would cover privacy. Um, you had touched on it earlier when you were just describing yourself. What's kind of coming out now from a privacy perspective? I know there's also been some recent litigation um, surrounding privacy and not protecting participant data. Sure. So at this point, um, let's let's talk about this. I'm trying to figure out how to unpack this uh, at, at this point. So for participant data right now, there has been a number of lawsuits and the and I do you want me to and I apologize. Do you want me to hit just privacy or security? I feel like I'm being old and forgetful. It must be because I'm getting close to a vacation. <laughs> you can incorporate them both into it. All right, privacy that sounds great. So let's talk privacy first. There are the, the two most prominent lawsuits that have been out there at this point involve uh, Northwestern, where there was a lawsuit brought claiming that they had not properly managed the use of planned data with like their record keeper and service providers. And one involving Shell, very similar similar claims. The simple answer is the plaintiffs lost both of those. Uh, the, the plaintiffs have lost both of those cases. Given given that, I, I think that the decisions are not in favor of the plaintiffs. But the key takeaway is when they get settlements, they still they they, they still actually um, they, they still actually require language in the settlements a lot of the time saying, these are restrictions on data usage. So where does that leave a plan sponsor on privacy? What should they do? Clearly there's different size plan sponsors. As you know with your clients, if you're a plan of a $5 million, with $5 million, it's a different discussion than if you have 5 billion in it. The reality is, is you'd have to balance along the way. But for privacy, what I often wind up doing, depending on the size of the plan, the market segment they're in with the provider, their assets, their relationship, we often wind up negotiating what information can and cannot be used for. Smaller plans have a lot less leverage. Bigger plans have a lot more. So there's different opportunities there. And there's also no wrong or right about how data should be used. Some people think that wellness can be fantastic. And, and even though I'm the privacy guy, I think wellness can be really great in a lot of situations. But it's understanding how the product works, what's it mean, what does it mean, and do you want to use it? Similarly, uh, plan sponsors should not just be thinking about their record keepers, but they should be thinking about their other service providers, whether it's their advisor consultant or a third party. How is their data being used? Is there cross-selling? It doesn't mean you have to hit all these items, but these are things to keep in mind and may be useful. Again, the plaintiffs may say you must do this. There is no must. These are just rat potential considerations. Let me pivot to cybersecurity for a second, though. In cybersecurity, uh, for cybersecurity, there's a different discussion. Those claims really aren't about mass breaches on security. Let's be realistic. A lot of the vendors have really good security, just like auditors do. But it's on cybersecurity, the claims are often about fraud and account takeover. And, and those 
items have existed forever. They're just getting more profile now, especially as we have people hacking email accounts and everything. So if you're a plan sponsor, <coughs> it's about understanding what it's about understanding what are you supposed to, what are you supposed to do as a plan sponsor? Do you negotiate restrictions on access to funds? Do you validate what people are doing with their security protocols? I've been through all of this. The simple answer is there's no one specific answer, but it's about understanding security, but don't make it insane and crazy. If you say, for instance, you're going to want every example of an attempted data breach, you're going to get thousands of pages that are completely useless. It's about coming up with something practical to make it work. So with that said, that's a basic overview right there. David, thank you so much. Um, I think that people are probably very concerned and the basic overview is extremely helpful to our listeners. And so um, who knows, we might invite you back if, as we see we're going down the road and any kind of you know, new things that happen in this area we definitely will call you up. So thank you so much for joining us today to talk about you know, cybersecurity and privacy. You know, we greatly appreciate um, you sharing your insight with us. My pleasure. And if there's anything I can help with, please let me know. And I will say, treat this like missing participants, because if you've been through missing participants, this is going to be a similar experience. Great analo- uh, you know, analogy there. So um, listeners, remember you can contact the podcast at BDO Talks Arissa at BDO.com. Our BDO, Arissa Center of Excellence on BDO.com, touches on all topics retirement and other HR trends to keep plan sponsors up to date. Thank you for listening to BDO Talks Arissa. Past episodes are available at BDO.com slash BDO Talks Arissa. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also send us feedback, questions, or ideas you have for future topics at BDOTalksArissa at BDO.com. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on BDO's Arissa Center of Excellence and the services we provide, visit BDO.com slash Arissa.